All right, so here it is, 2 Kings chapter 13. Now, now when Elisha had fallen sick with the illness of which he was to die, I want you to kiss this. So this is Elisha, powerful prophet we'll talk about in just a moment. When he had fallen sick and he was dying, he was dying, Joash, king of Israel, went down to him, wept before him, crying, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you, right? No, he's crying, saying, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and his horsemen. How many of you ever been a parent and you're sick and your children comes in and says, can you feed me? You know, <laughs> this is the ministry scripture right here. Like the pastor's on the, on the altar dying. All the, all the staffs are coming in and, ah, and people come in and go, can you pray for me? You know, and I love this leadership lesson because then he says this, and Elisha said to him, take a bow and arrows. So he took a bow and arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, draw the bow. And he drew it. And Elisha laid hands on the king's hands as he shot the bow and the arrow. And he said, open the window eastward because this is facing the enemy. And he opened it. Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, in our context today, right? Shoot. What? Shoot the arrow. Oh, shoot the arrow. And he shot the Lord's arrow. And he said, this is the Lord's arrow of victory the arrow of victory over Syria, for you shall fight the Syrians uh, until you have made an end of them. And he said, take the other arrows. So he took them and the king said, uh, and, and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground with them. So he, strike, he struck three times and he stopped. I always thought in the context, he was just throwing it down. And then the man of God was angry. He was angry that he obeyed, right? He was angry with him. And he said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck down Syria until you have made an end of it. But now you will strike down Syria only three times. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Father, thank you. Your word is living. It's active. Father, thank you that this story occurred in this life, in, the, in this, it, it, it was a true story, not in this lifetime. Hello. And so, Father, I just pray, uh, give us eyes to see what you're speaking to us today. Give us ears to hear through the power of your spirit on how 2 Kings 13 can apply to us today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Um, I was thinking of a, a couple of titles for this message. And a lot of times my, what I do is I write a sermon and then I title it after. I don't title a message and then write a sermon. And so after I wrote this message, I was thinking back. Uh, I went back home for a funeral for, for uh, a spiritual father, Cal Thompson. And even back home, I was reminded of, 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 of my mother growing up. And I remember my mom kind of had a, had a uh, we had a disagreement growing up with the uh, articles in our fridge. Um, remember uh, you know, milk, if you pull milk out, there's a thing on there that says best if used by, and then there's a date. And so really quick, a show of hands, I wanna ask you, um, raise your hand if you think that's a suggestion. If you, if, I mean, best if used by date, if you think that's just a, suggestion. Put your hand up. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You know, put your hand up. Okay. Raise your hand if that's like the throwaway date. All right. That's the throwaway date. Oh, here we go. That's the throwaway date. Now, my mom, growing up in Fargo, North Dakota, you know, Midwest, we had, I had what, uh, uh, eight or nine. I can't remember now. Uh, I have honestly 10 siblings that are step and things like that, biological and step. And so we didn't waste. And so uh, I grew up many times going, Mom, it says today's date. She says, smell it. It's fine, you know. And then a lot of times I would say, Mom, is this okay? It's fine. And I would pour cereal just the other day. 
Levi said, Dad, I want cereal. I'm a dad. I just grab the milk, dump it in there, give him cereal. There you go. And he's eating the cereal, and Pastor Lindsay comes down, and she goes, he doesn't, we don't have milk. I said, we got milk, it's right here. And she goes, it's expired. I said, what are you talking about? Best if used by, it's today. We got a whole day before it magically goes wrong, right? And then Levi goes, dad, my cereal tastes weird. I was like, dump it out, you know? Now I grew up and that's how I grew up. Like we don't waste, but so many times I have food poisoning because of the stupid expiration date. And how many know, turkey never, what's turkey smell like? You know, like turkey meat, like, I think it's spoiled. I think it's fresh. I don't know. I uh, married a beautiful woman of God, and uh, she believes the best if used by date is, is past the expiration date. And so she throws away everything. I mean, I'll go in and go, where's the milk? It's expired. How do you know? You know, where's the almond milk? Where's this? Where's that? You know, even last night, um, we had the opportunity to go to Do Perfect. And uh, Levi, he got called up on stage. And uh, Do Perfect is great, uh, uh, man, a great group on YouTube. And I got to tell you, at the end of this whole thing, at the MGM uh, uh, Grand Arena, uh, Garden Arena, he preached the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And so I love Do Perfect. But, but Levi spung a wheel, and it's called Wheel Unfortunate, and he had to eat dog food. And I signed a waiver, by the way, right? <laughs> He made me sign away. I was like, I don't care. Here, take them, you know. And he, he, so he ate dog food. So now from here on out, the next time he won't finish his broccoli or his vegetables, I'll say, you want dog food? <laughs> so the title of my message today is, honestly, I got two titles, but the title of my message today is Best If Used By. Best If Used By. I want to talk about faith today because a lot of times we say, you know what? My prayer is good until a certain date. Or, or, you know what, I, I prayed it, but uh, it didn't happen, didn't occur, and so maybe, maybe God's, maybe he's up to something. But I think really my second title, Best of Use By, is our, kind of our good Sunday morning title, but, but really my heart is, I want to ask us today, man, where's the faith? Man, where's the faith? Pastor Lindsay would not let me abbreviate this for today, but... You know, my son's, I mean, our culture is really big in the abbreviation. My son, we're playing Fortnite, and he goes, uh, 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 what do you say, a a uh, AFK. And I was like, what in the, what? I mean, I was a youth pastor for a long time, but what's AFK, away from keyboard? Okay. <laughs> so where's the faith? Now, I want to talk about the story of Elijah, who was once underneath Elijah. Pastor Lindsay loves Elijah. If you're missing most of her messages, right? There's Elijah and Elisha. And Elijah was a prophet in Kings, and, and he did so many miracles and some extraordinary things. And Elisha followed Elijah. You know that Elijah came first and Elisha came second because J comes before S, all right? So that'll help you out. J comes before S. And so Elijah was a powerful prophet, Elisha followed Elijah, and Elijah said, the Lord's going to take me. I'm actually going to cheat death. God's going to take me in a fiery whirlwind to heaven. And Elijah said, I, I want to I wanna be, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna be in your shoes. I want to be a prophet of the Lord. So Elijah gets taken up into heaven, and Elisha gets a double portion, and Elisha now becomes the prophet or the head of the prophets for over 50 years. So for 50 years, Elisha is the main prophet of Israel. And so here in 2 Kings, he is done. I mean, 50 years 
of ministry, 50 years of serving, prophesying, uh, hearing from God. And for 50 years, he's on his deathbed, and the king finally comes to him and says, they're coming, the enemy's showing up. What do I do? And Elijah says, take a bow and some arrows. I want you to draw the bow, and I want you to shoot it off. Now, I want you to know, I, I've been in youth ministry far too long, all right, to have some props here this morning. And I want you to see the symbolism. So he said, I want you to take a bow, and I want some arrows, and uh, I know there's some there's some marksmen in this room. There's some Hawkeyes over here, right? Right? There's a, I, we have some Avenue men that go shooting right over there. And, uh, and I grabbed this today in case you're not paying attention. If I see you Facebook, and I swear to God, I promise you, if you fall asleep in the back there, how huh? back row. But I want you to see this. He said, I want you to draw a bow. And then Elisha laid his hands over the prophet. And, uh, and, uh, and then he shot it out the eastward window. We're going to go south because I'm going to claim South Vegas, all right? And also, and then he shot. Are you okay over there? I apologize. And he shot the bow. Now, I love this illustration because I want you to see it in just a moment. But he said, by taking the bow in his hands, the king was symbolically becoming the agent of God's power. Elisha put his hands on Joash's hands to symbolize that the power the king would exert came from the Lord through his prophet. So what does that mean for us today? That means that faith only has power when it comes from God. Only has power when it comes from God. I can believe in this and that and this person, this individual. I can believe in myself, but faith only has power when you believe it comes from God. Now, I want to talk about faith real quick today because I think it took a lot of faith for the prophet just to go, okay, shoot an arrow out the window. What are we doing? But here's what faith is. Faith is a constant outlook of trust towards God. Where's the faith? Will you trust God even when it doesn't make sense? And can I tell you about my faith journey? It's one, of the, it's one of the things I hate the most. I hate it when it doesn't make sense. I hate it when it doesn't line up. I hate it when I can't control it. I hate it when God says, go over here and do this. But I love it when I obey. I love it when I trust God, because after I trust God, in hindsight, I go, oh, I see exactly what you were doing. I see exactly what took place. And whereby human beings abandon all reliance on their own efforts, and they put, it in their, they put their full confidence in him, his words, and his promises. So faith is all throughout the Bible. I want to go quick. Hebrews chapter 11. If you can't take fast notes, take some quick pictures, all right? Hebrews 11. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, where God will give you a prophetic vision. Uh, Joel chapter 2, and the, your, your old men will dream dreams. Man, may we see things in the future. May we see what God is up to and believe for that, hope for that. I, I don't know if that's God, but I'm going to believe it because it's a good thing. It's a godly thing. It's only something that God can do. Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, you want to please God? Trust God. Have faith in God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Whoever would draw near to God must believe He exists, and that He rewards those who seek Him. God, I believe You exist. I believe that when I draw near to God, He draws near to me. Uh, Romans chapter 12, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you to not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but think with sober judgment according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Every single person in this room has faith. 
Every single person in this room have faith. For many of us, it's what, what, what size is my faith? Do I have great faith or do I have little faith? So do me a favor. I'm going to do the preacher thing this morning. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got faith. All right, turn to your other neighbor and say, where's the faith? <laughs> so we have faith. So every single person in this room, we have a measurement of faith. A very popular scripture, Mark 11. Jesus said, have faith in God. Where's your faith? Where's your faith? It's in Jesus Christ. Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and be thrown into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes in what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you received it and it will be yours. And all the saints said, amen. amen. But you know what's great is Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. In my book, that's a small measurement of faith but a small faith can still move a big mountain. So my major encouragement today, man, let's have faith in God because faith is trust in God. Faith is trust in God. I want to take it one step further because I think a lot of us, we can say, amen, hallelujah. We could shout this down, right? But I want you to take it a next step further and say, I trust that God knows what is best. I trust that God knows what is best. The more I become a father, the more I want to, you know, give my 10-year-old son everything. Maybe give him the things that I didn't have growing up. Or, or maybe just not, not, you know, not just love and adoration, but stuff. You know, like do perfect yesterday was a, was a nightmare. I was like, no, you cannot have that. Yes, you can have this. No, you can't have that. Yes, you can have this. But there's many things in my son's life that I intentionally withhold because I know it'd be the wrong, it'd be the, possibly the right thing, but at the wrong time. And that's the kind of heavenly father that we have. And, 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 and as I'm going on a faith journey, and how many know faith journey should never end? Man, it should be an ongoing process with your Lord and Savior. But many times there's prayers that I have prayed. I said, be thou removed, be thou cast out into the sea. God, your word says I can have what I ask for. Your word says that if I believe it, I can receive it. Your word says all these different things. But I wrote this down this week. I, I, not only do I trust that God knows what is best, but I trust that my unanswered prayers are actually answers. That my unanswered prayers are actual answers. I was looking back. When we started our church, I, we were begging God, God, please give us a high school to set up and tear down in, right? Give us a high school auditorium with the seats and, oh, Lord, we want to we wanna be in a school and, and so we could start there and then purchase something and then grow as a church. And can I tell you, after 16 notes, I was naming it, claiming it. Come on, somebody, you know, like we prayed at a school and all these different things. And can I tell you, I am so, I am so, Excited. I am so happy the Lord didn't answer that prayer, but that we showed up at this place where we have storage right there, where we can leave our lights up, we can leave the stage up, we can leave our curtains up. I'm so grateful for five years. Opportunity Village has been a blessing to us. I'm so glad they didn't charge us rent during the pandemic. There's so many things that I look back and go, God, thank you for not putting us in a high school. Thank you for putting us here. But sometimes my unanswered prayers are actual answers. That's why I tell myself every time the Bears lose, God, thank you that you didn't answer that so they get the first draft pick. Here's what Romans chapter 1 says, verse, uh, verse uh, 17. 
For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Now, I want to take this portion right here. The righteous shall live by faith. You might be asking today, so pastor, how do I, how do I live by faith? How do I live by faith? Now, I can go through all throughout the Bible, but I want to stay with 2 Kings chapter uh, 14. And I love this. Joash, the king of Israel, a man high in authority, he, he went down to the prophet and he said, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And then he began to obey. He said, here's my request. So he sought the Lord out. Then he asked, he, he sought the prophet out. And then he asked the prophet what to do. The prophet gave him instructions. And this is a lot of times where we stop. We say, Lord, I want this. And God says, do this. And you say, that doesn't make sense. It sounds too hard. I'm not going to do it. But then the next thing he does is then he acts. So how do I live a life of faith? I want you to seek God. I want you to ask God. But then I want you to act. I want you to act. And kind of here's my, I think many, more of us in the church, we need to pray more. We need to seek God more. We need to have silence and solitude. We need to lock our phones up in the morning hours and just be in the presence of God. Be with our Bible. Begin to hear what God is saying in his word. Man, don't just blaze through the Bible. It's not spark notes, but man, it's a, it is a buffet of knowledge and wisdom from the Holy Spirit to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And then ask, I want you to ask audacious prayers. Ask crazy prayers. Don't ask prayers. Don't ask to, God, I pray my next paycheck comes early. Pray, God, open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing over my life so that I don't have to, you know, all these different things. I want you to ask big God prayers, but then I want you to act. And sometimes in the church, some churches, not a lot of churches, but sometimes we need to, we need to like, like, like stop praying and start acting because we've been praying so much. I love the circle maker. I'm going to pray like it depends on God, but then I'm going to work like it depends on me. I'm going to obey God. God, I'm seeking you and I'm asking you, and then I'm going to act by faith. How you live by faith? I want you to seek God, ask God, and then act. Then act. James chapter 2. What good is it then, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Or is the body apart from the spirit is dead? So also faith apart from works is dead. I encourage you, what we do really matters. It reveals our faith. It reveals our faith. You know, we were on a, we took a quick trip to uh, Hawaii and we were, had a uh, parasailing thing uh, that we're gonna go and do. And the day before, I was reading an article and uh, in the article, it said a, uh, an unfortunate accident occurred in Miami, Florida, in the Keys, of someone who went parasailing. And when they went parasailing, a catastrophe happened. They cut the cord, and someone on that parasail died. And so I read that article, and I go, oh, we're doing that tomorrow. You know, like, like literally, tomorrow. And so the next day, we go to the, to the thing, and I didn't tell my family. I had a deep, dark secret in my heart that we could die on the parasail of him. You know, I have facts, understand? Uh, and so we get on the boat and yay, right? We're all happy. And the first couple goes out, but it's just two, just two people, like a guy and a little girl, you know, like up there, they come back down. And then it was another family and just two people up there and comes right back down. And then it was our turn and they said, oh, we're doing all three? And I was like, yes, is there a weight limit? You know, like, 
And then they had to change the harness out and they put all these things. And then they're like, let's put the big guy in the middle. And so I get in the middle and we, you know, we go up there. All of a sudden we, we take off on the parasail up there and we, and I'm thinking about that rope they cut that killed the other people. And so we're up in the sky and Lindsay and Levi are like, woo! And I'm like, ha ha ha, watching that rope. Ah, this is awesome, you know? And literally, I was like, it's fine, it's fine, we're fine, you know? God has a plan for my life, he ain't done with me yet, right? He got to let a shark eat me, you know? And so you're up there, woo woo! All of a sudden, they begin to bring the thing in, and when they bring the crane in, the crane hits the tension of the rope, I'm like, ah! You know, like, hey, yeah! And then afterwards, we get in the car, and I was like, okay, guys, I need to share this with you. And I share it with you. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we could have died. Yeah, YOLO. <laughs> but I wonder, like, did I really have faith in that rope? That that rope would hold me? Look at that. You're shaking your head now, huh? <laughs> would, it, would it be called faith if I said, yeah, I trust that rope? but I'm not going to get on that parasail. Like, I wonder in this faith journey of ours, what we do really matters, what we believe really matters. But I love what Joash said. Joash said for, he, uh, Elijah said, take the arrows. He took them. Then he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground with them. Strike the ground with them. So I want you to see this, because I've always thought, I've always known this scripture, I always thought when he said strike the ground with him, was he, was he hitting the bow? Was he, was he just striking the ground like this? Right, you guys are in the splash zone, I know. Or did, he take, or did he take the arrows and just like strike the ground like that? You know, you can leave it there, honey. And uh, because you cannot, do not equip me with weapons. You know, but really I began to read this and he said, I want you to strike the same way you struck the arrow out the window. So he took the bow and he said, I'm going to strike I'm going to strike the ground. And then he's going to strike it three times, all right? So one, right? And then he's going to strike it again. And now I want you to clarify this. I want you to paint a picture. The only reason why I'm doing this today is because he said, strike the ground. So he said, strike the ground. The king of Israel said, take the arrows, strike the ground. So, okay, so he did one. Now, I don't know if you've ever been obedient, but it doesn't make sense. I mean, you know I'm talking about. So he struck it and he was like, well, he did say, take the arrows, so let's do two. And have you ever been in a situation, kind of, you're kind of like, I did it. And maybe he's looking at him, he's like, oh, another one, you know? Another one, should we, should we do more? And this is the, paint, the picture I want to paint today. He's kind of going, again? All right, that's, that's, one, two, that's three, that's three times. I did it. I'm done. And then the prophet said, oh no, if you would have struck five or six times, then you would have struck down Syria until you made an end of it. That the number of arrows that struck the ground would have been the number of victories that he had against the enemy. Yeah. So I began to study this out because this begins to bother me. When you read your Bible, I want you to ask questions. Don't just read and go three, that's great, hallelujah. But he struck it three times. And here's what's so interesting is that King Joash He's been a king for many, many years. He, he's had other uh, situations with Elisha. And I love this in the, uh, in the commentary, Faith Life Study Bible. It says the, the number three appears often in Old, Test Old Testament rituals. So Joash apparently assumes that Elisha meant for him to follow this convention. So Joash was saying, well, in everything we do, it's three times. So I'm just going to do 
three times. I'm going to do what's totally expected. I'm going to do what, okay, three, okay, we'll just, we'll just do three. And, and because you did three, how dare you? What's wrong with you? It should be five or six or 20. How many, know, after the fact, he probably grabbed more arrows and said, I'm so sorry. But here's the problem. He did what he thought was appropriate. He did the bare minimum. He did the bare minimum. And can I just encourage you this morning, Matt, can we, can we have radical faith in this house today? Man, can we have radical faith in our lives today? Not weird faith, not strange faith, but supernatural faith. Can we have a faith that says, you know what, I'm not going to do what's bare minimum. I mean, it'd be like me going to the gym, hopping on the treadmill for a little bit, and going home and expecting great results when I did the bare minimum. But man, what is, what's the bare minimum in our life? First John chapter 5, it says, and this is the confidence that we have towards him, that we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So I, I, man, what has stopped us from believing for greater? What stopped us from doing just the three things? Like, what is, what's three in your life? Is it going to church once, not seeing any results, and then quitting church altogether? Man, is it saying, I'm going to try this, I'm going I'm to read my word for maybe a week, a month, and, and nothing happens, and it, it's done? Man, what's, what, 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 like, like, how, like how, how much is enough for us? Or how much is too much for us? And this is kind of the, the thing. My Bible says, man, if I believe and I can have faith and I can ask and I can have it. But the same token, the Bible also says that when we, when we pray and ask Him for anything, right, with confidence, I, I don't have bare minimum faith. I have radical faith. But that if we ask anything according to His will, he hears us. He hears us. I picture Joash shooting the arrows in the ground, not fully understanding what he was doing. Now, if Elijah would have said, the number of arrows you strike the ground will be the number of victories you have. <clears throat> wink, wink. If you would have given him a heads up. But that's just not how our God works. Our God wants to know, will we trust him? Man, will we trust him Will we trust him in order to fully obey him? And I love this. We don't need to understand God's will completely in order to, fo to obey fully. That's so good. Really good. We don't need to understand God's will completely in order to obey God fully. So my question today is, how much are you believing for? How much are you believing for? How much are you believing for? What are you believing for? And my pastor Lindsay's got a great message called Bury Dreams. There's some large, audacious, radical prayers that people in this church have prayed, and we haven't seen them come to pass, so we bury them. I want to challenge you. How much are you believing for? But then I want to ask you, man, when do we stop believing? Do we believe God up until a certain date? Do we believe God up, you know what, it's been 10 years, it's been 20 years, man, it's been 40 or 50 years. You know, where's the faith? But man, is, is faith only good up, up until a certain point? And so here's Elisha, tells Joash to do something that's different and out of the box and uh, that's, that's not ordinary. And Joash believed and he, he, he obeyed, but he did the bare minimum. And so here's Elijah in the very next verse. It says, so Elisha died 
and they buried him. Elisha died, and they buried him. King Joash, he had his three victories against Syria. All that was came to pass, and it was prophesied. So Elijah died, and they buried him. And then it says this. There's, there's, there's a key point to this, because when Elijah, remember J, comes before S. So Elijah said to Elijah, before he was taken up in the whirlwind, he says, ask what I shall do for you before I'm taken from you. So Elijah is asking Elijah, what are you believing for? Man, what, 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 do you, what do you want from, from the prophet? What do you want from God? What are you believing for? And he says, please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. I want double. Come on, somebody. I've heard that in my entire Christian life. We want a double, you know, like triple, a lot, a ton. But he says, I want a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, you've asked a hard thing, yet you see me as, as I'm being taken from you, and it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me go up in the whirlwind, it shall not be so. And then as they, uh, as, as, let's see here. And so I love this, because this is the portion, and Elijah then goes in beyond, he, then he becomes the prophet. So then we go back to 2 Kings, right? Chapter uh, 13, it says, and they went, they still went on, talk. Oh no, this is what happened. So they went on, they talked, and behold, the chariots of fire and the horses of fire separated the two of them. Elijah went up by a whirlwind in the heaven, and Elijah saw it, and he cried, my father, my father. I want you to take note that Joash said the thing, same thing to Elijah on his deathbed. He wasn't just going, hey, I'm sorry you're dying. I need something. Joash was speaking the language of Elijah. He said, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. He was saying, Elijah, Elisha, it's happening again. Don't let it happen before you go. And so Elijah take, take, take the bow and shoot it out and all those things. But here's what's interesting. Elisha asked for a double portion from the prophet. So Elijah, he had... 14 miracles that are recorded in God's word. 14 miracles of rain ceasing, fed by the ravens, miracle of food, resurrection of the widow's son, uh, causing it to rain. Uh, uh, Elijah, I need you to stop it in Las Vegas today. All right, knock it off. Uh, prophecy and prophecy and prophecy, calling fire from heaven. He had 14 miracles. And he turns to Elijah and says, what do you want? And Elijah says, I want a double portion. I want a double portion. I want double the money. Come on, somebody. I want double. So then Elisha, if you can just study his life, he parted the, the Jordan immediately after and healed the waters, curse of, of, of the woman and prophecy of the chariots and restoring the sight and prophesying, 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 prophesying. Here's the last one, prophesying that Joash and the Syrians. But then right here, he died. So 14, I didn't do very good at math and I, I don't like common core math. But 14, double that is not, it's not 27, 28. I can't tell you years ago, I was like, well, if it, if, if it happened to him, it, it'll happen to us. Not get what we ask. Not, you know, believing and believing and receiving. It was so interesting if you keep going on reading. So Elisha died and they buried him. So the bands of the Moabites they used to evade the land in the spring. And as a man was being buried, behold, 
a marauding band was seen and the man was thrown into the grave of Elisha. Ah! Threw, him, threw a dead man into Elisha's grave. And as soon as the man touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood on his feet. He revived and stood on his feet. So what does that mean for us today? If you haven't caught on, right here, number 28, is the resurrection of the man touched by his bones. What does that equate? A double portion of miracles. A double portion of anointing. Can I just encourage you? Elisha asked and God just happened to grant his request. That's all I can tell you. I'm not gonna say, if you ask for double portion, it's gonna happen. It might according to God's will. But man, let's believe together. But my biggest takeaway for you today, faith does not expire, but faith should go beyond us. Well, are you believing for more that's just in your lifetime, but are you believing for even greater? For your children and your children's children. Man, can we believe that God's gonna do extraordinary things? Not just in my life, but in their life. So do me a favor, I wanna read one more scripture, but would everyone stand in this place today? And I wanna ask a very bold request today. I believe the Holy Spirit is doing what only he can do. But my prayer is, is that today you've been believing for something. And maybe I'm talking about bare minimum. Maybe you're saying today, I gotta, man, I gotta up my prayers. Like I gotta put a little steroids in my prayer. I gotta believe for more in my prayers. Or maybe you're here today, you're saying, Pastor, there's some, there's some prayers that I have just, man, I have wept, I have cried, I've written them down, I have prophesied over them, I have named it, claimed it, I've confessed it. Uh, man, I keep reverting back to it, I'm believing for it. I mean, what if it's a healing, if it's a miracle, if it's a, a direction, a journey, and you're saying, where is it? I'm, I'm believing, I'm believing, but maybe you put it down, maybe you buried it again. Or maybe you're here today, you're just saying, I'm, I'm just, I'm afraid of anything. But I am ready just to believe. Here's my big question to ask you today. Faith without works is dead. God will do in a work internally, but he also likes the external movement and action. If you're one of those three, just right now, step to the, step up to the side. I want you to come up front and just come stand up here. And I want to pray with you. And I want to believe with you. I want to be like Elijah for you today and say, let's shoot the bow. Let's shoot the arrow. Let's shoot the ground. Let's believe for God to do some incredible things. So if that's you, come on, Kat. If that's you, just come forward. 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 And I want you to right now, just to close your eyes, I want you to ask Jesus. Begin to ask him for that prayer right now. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed and say to the mountain, I want you to be removed. I want you to be gone. I want you to be begin to believe today. Church, if you're if you're okay and you're good to go, I want you to stretch a hand towards these, uh, these, these, these faith-believing, Bible-believing, extraordinary people in this audience. I want you to stretch a hand forward. I encourage you today. Let's have audacious faith. Let's have audacious faith. Let's have audacious faith. Let's believe for greater. Let's believe for more. When two or more are gathered, there he is in our midst. I feel like there's a, a kind of a friction uh, for those that are in your seat. And one of the friction is that you feel like your life doesn't line up with the life of faith. Therefore, God will not request your, 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 your question. 
God won't request or answer your prayers. And I'm here to tell you that's a lie from the pit of hell. That the enemy wants you to be obsolete. The enemy wants you to stay where you're at. The enemy doesn't want you to ask for anything greater. The enemy wants you to stick your head in the sand and just to get by. But God wants you to have audacious faith. Faith that's going to strike the ground not once, not twice, not three, but four, or five, or six times. I'm going to pray with you here in a moment. Don't you dare stop believing. Don't you dare quit on your calling. Man, don't you dare quit on your purpose. Man, don't you dare quit asking and praying. As your pastor, I do not like the timing of God. I wish God was quicker, but he's all about the journey. Will we believe? Jesus, I believe today. Father, I thank you that Avenue Church is a Bible-believing church. But I think that Avenue Church is a church that sees signs and wonders and miracles. I think that Avenue Church has people in this church that believe you, that love you, that trust you. That, Father, I pray we have audacious faith. Father, not weird, but supernatural. I want you to stay up front for just a moment and begin to ask him, 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 begin to ask him. Even my prayer is God's gonna, God's gonna mature that prayer request. God's gonna mature that prayer request. You're saying, God, I'm praying for, for, for this little portion and God's saying, no, ask for more, ask for more, ask for more, beef it up, make it mature, increase it. I believe God wants to do this today and God's gonna do something powerful today. I love summer at Avenue Church because we lean in, we dive in, we, we press in together. And stay right where you're at. And here's what Mark 11 says. Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Whoever says to your mountain, your mountain. And Jesus said mountain because they were actually looking at the Mount of Olives. That mountain, if you spoke to that mountain, for many of you in your life, you need to maybe speak to that, whatever that mountain is in your life. Be taken up, be thrown into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you received it and it will be yours. In the very next breath, this is what Jesus says. Jesus says, and whenever you stand praying, forgive. 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 Yes, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I will have what I ask. But then Jesus says, I want you to forgive if you have anything against anyone. And there's so many folks in this room, you need to forgive yourself. You need to forgive yourself. But he says, I want you to forgive. Going through a lot of, you know, disappointment these past couple years. Sat down with a counselor and I began to process with our team. I began to process kind of a phrase that was in my mind. And the phrase was, people's, people's choices are affecting my prayers. And this week in studying, and been studying this for a couple weeks, the Holy Spirit said, it's just unforgiveness. And you need to forgive, forgive them, but also forgive God. Forgive them and forgive God. 
that maybe, just maybe, God will move my mountain so I can see God do a work in my life. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that is you and this, this second portion is all about you, you say, I need to forgive, whether it's myself or others or God, I want you to come front, please. And I'm only saying it because faith without works is dead. And I want to act upon God's word this morning. Just come forward. And as you come forward, I believe God, the Holy Spirit's going to wrap his arms around you. He's going to give you the grace to forgive. In Jesus' name, anyone else, just come forward. Just come forward. I'm about to pray and close. And our prayer team will be available after our host moment. Come on, I appreciate that. I'm, 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 I'm honored by that. Go ahead, worship team. Just give us a moment. Go ahead, Abby. In this moment, I want you to ask. I want you to believe. I want you to forgive. I want you to ask. I want you to believe. I want you to forgive. Forgive them. Jesus, forgive me for being upset with you. I trust you. No man or woman can take away my calling or my purpose. Sons and daughters 
God is doing such a work in your hearts right now. Church, I'm so proud to be your pastor. This is all about Jesus. It's all about the Holy Spirit. If you're in this room today, maybe you've never felt the presence of God before, but right now is your first time. Just raise a hand. Just kind of wave it. Just kind of wave it. Just kind of wave it. Yeah. Yeah. I was to pray a prayer, but in a moment, our host will come up, and, and as I dismiss, I want a prayer team to come forward. And man, I encourage you, man, don't stop. It's like a song, huh? Believing. Don't stop believing. But man, I want you to seek God. You know, I really believe after just these past couple of years, none of that matters anymore because it didn't bring us results. It's just the Holy Spirit. Seeking after God. Yes. Now, in August, we're going to do um, um, 21 days, 30 days, 21 days. We're going to do 21 days of prayer and feasting. Where we're going to set time aside and we're going to pray. But we say feasting because I don't want to fast. Is that all right? <laughs> we do that in January. Prayer and feasting. But we're going to seek God together. We're going to come to this property and we're going to pray together. Because I don't know about you, but I just don't want another a fall. I don't want another year. I don't want another. I want us to begin to just shoot arrows in the ground and just not stop. And not stop. Can you imagine if Joe Ash had another person with him? Another person said, I got some more arrows in my quiver. Let's keep, let's keep shooting. Let's keep shooting. Let's keep shooting. Let's keep shooting. And that's what it's all about, friends. Man, don't do this faith journey alone. It's about you and God. But God loves to use one another as well. So let me pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this group. I thank you for this church. I thank you for what you're doing in this city. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in, at Verve Church, in Vita Church, Crossing, Canyon, Central, Anchor Hill, City Light. I thank you for what you're doing in this city. And Holy Spirit, I ask you 
to reveal yourself to us in such a way that we see signs and wonders wherever we are. That God, not only mature our prayers, but God, I pray that you begin to answer our prayers according to your will. So Jesus, help us to pray. Help us to pray prayers that are in alignment with your will, which means you gotta change our heart. I thank you, you're a good God who wants to give us good things. You answer prayers. You answer prayers. You answer prayers. Maybe you're hearing this from today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. But if that's you today, faith without works is dead. Come on, friends. We have to move. And maybe that act of faith for you today is just putting a hand up and saying, I want Jesus to live in my heart. You're letting me know, but you're also letting God know. If that's you, just put a hand up right now. Just put it up. And just say, I want Jesus to live in my heart. I want Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Not my priest God, not my pastor's God, not my mom's God, not my dad's God, not some fictional God, non-fiction God. I want, I want to know who God is as my Lord and my Savior. I see hands up, hands are up, hands are up, hands are up. As my Savior. Amen. The Bible says if we repent of our sins and we say, Lord, forgive me, but I want you to live in my heart. I'm going to live for you. It says God is faithful and just that he will always forgive us. So Holy Spirit, I thank you today for what you're doing. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for dying on the cross over 2,000 years ago for us in 2022. The Holy Spirit, continue. I pray this doesn't end, but it follows us, not just all the days of our lives, but to our car, to our workplaces, to our homes. May we have divine encounters with the Holy Spirit tonight and all throughout this next week. In Jesus' name. Help us to strike the ground. Help us to strike the ground. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on.